Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 347. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2018, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 347. Last week, I announced the winner of the Slow Flowers Summit's ticket sales promotion called the Slow Flowers Luxury Package. Well, yesterday on May 1st, I announced the next ticket sales promotion, and I'd love to share it with you here. Now through Sunday, May 20th, all new registrants for the Slow Flower Summit will be entered into a drawing for one Dream Designer package to join me on Sunday evening, July 1st, at an exclusive gathering with Laura Dowling, author and former White House florist. This private event benefits the AIFD Foundation, and I'm going to bring one of you with me to attend and enjoy a dazzling and unforgettable evening. So if you've been thinking about attending the Slow Flower Summit, this promotion might be your incentive. Check out details and find information about the Slow Flower Summit at today's show notes for episode 347 at deborahprinzing.com or click on over to slowflowerssummit.com. The summit promises to be a fantastic day of networking, inspiration, and personal growth. I can't wait to see you there. I'm so pleased to share today's conversation that I had with April Lemley of Kamama Flowers. Through Slow Flowers, we've reconnected and renewed a 20-year friendship that began at a place called the Seattle Infant Development Center, where April was a pre-kindergarten teacher and my oldest son, Benjamin, was one of her five-year-old students. It is so fascinating to see the journey she has taken from teaching to graphic design and small business consulting to now a love of flower growing and floral design realized in her new business. So this is a special episode in many ways. When April and I first reconnected in 2014, she and her partner, Sean O'Neill, were living in Portland, both engaged in other professions. Last summer, they up and moved to a little town called Agnew, Washington, on the Olympic Peninsula, located about halfway between Port Angeles and Squim. They bought land, allowing April for the first time to expand from urban backyard flower growing to small-scale agriculture. They also opened the Peninsula Tap Room, which is a fantastic place for connoisseurs of regional beer, wine, cider, and food, a true gathering place for locals and tourists with a really fun vibe. As you'll hear in our conversation, April has found a way to weave flowers into the culture at Peninsula Taproom. In fact, she has just opened a connected floral studio classroom retail space, sharing it with the taproom. 
So by day, it's all about flowers, and by night, it's still all about flowers, but the taproom patrons are invited to sit at the large work table, including being able to reserve it for large groups. And no surprise, many of them pick up a bouquet or a bunch of blooms to take home, along with a growler of ale. April shares this on her About page. We are a small organic flower farm and full-service studio located in Agnew, Washington on the beautiful Northern Olympic Peninsula. My name is April Limley and I am the farmer florist. I started Kamama Flowers in 2014 from a few urban gardens in Portland where I ran a flower CSA, delivering arrangements to local homes and businesses. In 2017, we moved the farm to Agnew so we could spread out, grow more flowers, and be in the peaceful sunny countryside. In 2018, we are expanding to a surprise retail space. Moving from Portland and starting their new life in Squim has been a lot of hard work with the new ground, a new community, and a new climate. One of the first things April and Sean did was cover 1,000 square feet in black plastic in order to kill the meadow mix and prep the site for growing organic flowers. She describes it as a lovely, flat, south-facing acre with minimal rocks. And she feels lucky that the former dairy farmland is in such good shape. Summer passed, and last fall... They tilled the soil to about six inches. Soil test results revealed that the sandy clay loam needed to be amended with lime, which has already been incorporated before the recent planting of peonies, dozens and dozens of them. Since moving midsummer 2017, April enjoyed a lovely wedding season on the peninsula with four boutique weddings in gorgeous outdoor settings where Kamama's organic flowers graced beautiful brides. She writes this about the name Kamama Flowers. Kamama is the Cherokee word for butterfly. The name is an homage to the strong women in my life, April says. My grandma, Sarah, and my mom, Karen, the women who showed me the peace in the garden. Enjoy our conversation and check out photographs of Kamama Flowers, the farm and the new annex land, as well as April and her floral designs and a peek inside the new flower bar at the Peninsula Taproom. You can also find April at her social places, which I'll share in our show notes at deborahprinzing.com for episode 347. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am so excited today to have as my guest, April Lemley of Kamama Flowers. Hi, April. Hi, Deborah. It's so great to <laughs> be doing this in person. I know. I'm so happy to be sitting here with you. It's so great. It's, um, it's really wonderful to be to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're in um, Squim, Washington, which is um, often known uh, as the spot on the Olympic Peninsula for lavender, but you're... Sunny Squim. Yes. We're in the rain shadow. Yeah. And you're probably not going to grow lavender, but you have flowers of the other sort. So That's right. <laughs> so describe um, Kamama flowers as a snapshot of what, what the business involves um, and talk about where we're sitting. Yeah, so we're sitting in the flower bar, which is a new room inside the Peninsula Tap Room, which we moved here, my partner Sean and I moved here from Portland last year to open up the tap room. And um, we bought a little bit of land to spread out and grow flowers on. And um, You just changed your lifestyle completely. Changed our lifestyle. We yeah. said, why not start the retirement dreams early? I had always <laughs> thought about... Uh, having some cool agricultural project and the flower 
project started in Portland and it's continuing to grow here. So um, the flower bar is is uh, is newly open and we have flowers for sale and it's a meeting space for people to come and for me to talk to potential wedding clients mm-hmm. and um, it's also a space for our beer drinking, wine drinking customers. We have non-alcoholic drinks too. Right. Um, to have a party or to have a baby shower um, yeah. or to do a flower workshop with me. It's like a beautiful little side annex, um, but it's totally connected to the tap room, but there's a sense of a separateness and it's probably because of the decor in here. It's filled with flowers and and plants and you have a, uh, you have a sink and you have a table that you can arrange at. And mm-hmm. so it has a flower shop, retail flower shop vibe. But I love the idea that at night the beer drinkers spill over here and maybe pick up some stems to and take home. And they have to sit with flowers and, <laughs> and <laughs> take candles home and stuff. Yeah, thank God smoking is eliminated out of bars. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. So And so the Peninsula Tap Room is kind of uh, also fits in with you know yours and Sean's philosophy of local and mm-hmm. um, I, I can see the the affinity for flowers and and a brew pub that has all mostly local northwest um, different ales. yeah we have um, our snack menu is is we have CB's nuts and Mount Townsend Creamery cheese um, and our beer menu is rotating taps we have beer and wine that's and cider that's mm-hmm. local mm-hmm. so Finn that's River cool. and Frame and Bar Hop and all of our um, so Sean tries really hard to to source um, regionally and um, one thing I try to tell floral customers is that if you eat local food then your flowers should be an extension of your table because they just might not know what supermarket flowers are all about Mm -hmm. and sometimes I try to educate them on the evils of supermarket (laughs) flowers and you know all about that and big box retail and and big box retail and well and you were saying that's kind of out here on the peninsula that's kind of the the choice that people have grocery store or big box Right. There are a couple, there are farm stands and there are CSAs, Mm -hmm. um, but there's no new seasons. Right. No Uh, Whole Foods. No Whole Foods. Yeah. Uh, So we have Safeway. Yeah. So now they can come to the... Lamb Safeway. No, Safeway (laughs) does, I mean, they're all on a continuum of trying, of trying to do some local, but I think it's, there's a long way to go. And I think whatever happens at grocery is positive for if if it's properly labeled and signed but it often it isn't that's probably my biggest complaint customers just don't know and so here in your space how, what is the square footage of the flower bar space roughly um maybe two 200 square feet okay about. It, i think it feels larger because of this amazing cathedral ceiling you have Yes. And the light is beautiful. Yes, we have a wood-covered ceiling that you guys can't see that's um, light dug fur, and it's just stained natural. And then we have nice gray paint on the walls. Well, we'll take some pictures and show them on the, oh, on the show right. notes. Yeah. So it's not people aren't going to call this Kamama Flowers necessarily? Or, no. Okay. We are tr- people kind of scratch their heads at this point. We've only, we just got the vinyl on the windows recently, and I, I'm... I try to be here 12 to 5, Tuesday through Friday. Um, and when they go, what are you doing? I say, well, it's flowers and beer. It's two things that make people happy. And then they go, oh, okay. 
<laughs> and it's just simple. Yeah. It's not, you don't, don't have to complicate it, it right? <laughs> yeah. And what is Kamama Flowers um, as a, I know when I, you and I reconnected, we have an old past. We might as well just tell people now. We do have a lovely past. We do. You were pre-K teacher for my oldest son, Benjamin. Who's, 20 years ago. Uh, I know he's turning 26 in June. So it, yeah, it was 20 years ago. He's a lot taller than April, but at one point he was at your knees. He was a little guy. <laughs> I know. And then we, we always liked each other, but we just as like mom and teacher. And then years later, you re-entered my life and said, Deborah, remember Through I was... Through the 50 mile bouquet. Okay. I was in Portland. Um, um, trying to figure out kind of, I was working this job that it was very lonely and it it was creative, but it was like, I was the only person who went to the office Mm. and I wasn't happy. And Mm -hmm. because your background's in graphic design and marketing and yes. Okay. Yes. So I was doing a, a desk job Yeah. and, um, we had bought a house in Southeast Portland with kind of thumbprints of all the different previous owners. So one corner of the garden looked like this and one corner of the garden looked like this. Oh, weird. And had everything, olive trees and rose bushes and calendula and... Um, like vegetable garden, flower garden, and everything in between. Um, or ornamentals. Yes, yeah. yeah. So we worked on that, and, and through that process, Sean, I was... through And through seeing me frustrated with my... Um, job he said why don't you just open up you're playing with all these flowers why don't you open a flower shop and he's a serial entrepreneur so I was like I could never do that that's crazy <laughs> so was I, this like seven I started the CSA ago? that's how I started the CSA oh, okay. in Portland okay. um five five, five, five years, years ago. ago yeah so it started with the CSA and meaning what you would acquire flowers or you would grow them that's right okay and it was a a easily scalable model in my head um, that I could, you know, if I couldn't grow the material, I could go to the Seattle or the Portland market and get materials and um, from local farms. From local yeah. farms and and through that, um, through friends of family farmers, mm-hmm. I met a mentor, um, Katie. Uh, Copaletta, who's a veggie grower, and she helped me kind of get my sea legs the first couple of years, and she grow grew zinnias and status for me, and kind of what she's the person I would call and say mm. like, how do you overwinter? What does that mean? Because yeah. I'm from California, right? And we don't have a problem <laughs> growing anything there. Those like, terms oh, hardening off, be like, what, what does that mean? Oh my gosh, there's so much to learn. It's crazy. <laughs> so the uh, CSA model, it's kind of a cool. I guess it's how some people get into floral through a farmer's market or something. This was just your version of uh, low barrier to entry. Yes. And what, what year did you start that? It's 2018. So yeah. that was um, the end of 2014, I guess. Wow. Look what you've done in four years. That's amazing. Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? <laughs> so um, you, that's when you came up with the name Kamama Flowers. That's right. I love the name. And, t- and it has a, a logo with that you probably designed. I did. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about it. Um, it's a butterfly and, uh, and uh, over kind of surrounding the K, a silhouette of a, a butterfly. And um, 
It is the Cherokee word for butterfly, and it's an homage to my mom and my grandma. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to bring them in because they always had flowers. They were always gardeners, and I've always um, been a gardener, like a you know an urban gardener. And, but they really showed me the peace in the garden, mm-hmm. and and kind of that importance of having that beauty, no matter how small your your space is. Right, you can be a, a, own a garden and, and and not have to be a vast, you know, agricultural operation. Right, you yeah. can you can have a couple raised beds and have a CSA. So, yeah, um, the CSA was cobbled together uh, through our quarter of an acre residential lot in Portland and uh, and then over the next year I planted in two other yards in southeast Portland just small scale like people you knew who let mm-hmm. you use their land mm-hmm. wow people who said oh what can you beautify my front yard and it's like yeah sure I as long as I can cut from it right, right. and uh, so that was a That's way cool. for me to get into the flower business and um, learn about customer service and I really fell in love with that like taking flowers to someone's door is so special and mm-hmm. being a part of all of the the rites of passage and the 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 the, the beautiful moments in life and the, the sad moments in life and um, it's just an honor to do the work and right. to be part of those to be the messenger, right, is so special. So, you know, when when people come at this, the developing their business model and try to pull from a number of strengths, it sounds like you're you're. Do you feel like you're pretty balanced between the growing side and the design side, or do you do you are you drawn more to farming and the flowers really kind of just design themselves? Because I know you do a lot of design work and a lot of weddings too. So how do you define yourself? Well, I want to do more events. So that's something I've learned with the CSA is that you, um, it has to be a small layer of it, at least for me, is that the you really make money with workshops and weddings mm-hmm. and Farms Day and every, you know, that's, we all know that. Mm-hmm. You know, that all the value adds. Yeah. Right, all the value adds. So I'm learning how to be a farmer. I just planted 50 peony, peony plants that we potted up last fall and my my row is not straight, my plants are not evenly spaced and I was like, it's beautiful and Sean comes out and he's like, it's not straight. They're not 18 inches apart. And I was like, hey look, I deal with straight lines all day long. I'm a graphic designer. Oh, if I want it to be wobbly, it's wobbly. <laughs> And this is like, we're fast forwarding from Portland up to uh, yes. the Olympic Peninsula. So you're showing me a photo of the land and that's you. So this is in our, on our acre, we, we tilled a thousand square feet, which is okay. the most space that I've ever grown in. This is in Agnet. We're just a little bit west of, of Squint, yeah. right? Okay. Wait, how much acreage do you have all together? We have one. One acre. Okay. One and acre. you're maxing it out. No. Oh, okay. I'm, uh, um, not yet. Half of it will have a cover crop on mm. it this year, mm-hmm. um, but and half of it will have perennials and annuals <gasps> if I'm lucky. Oh my gosh! But these peonies will produce flowers this year. They are budding out already. The coral charm is the size of a nickel. Oh my goodness! So the the this is perfect to have your own retail channel to bring these flowers to. Yes. And 
for many reasons. One is because you're on the peninsula, you can't run into Seattle and go to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market very easily. It's a it's a haul, right? It's a haul. It's um, I actually have I'm turning my status into wearing both hats. So mm-hmm. I was a buyer, mm-hmm. and now I'm going through the consignment the grower process to become a consignment grower. Oh wow! So oh, great. I have I'm. Uh, you know, I want to become a farmer, but it's there's nothing fast about that. Right. I don't. That's why it's know. called slow flowers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and those darn peonies—they do take kind of three years they to, do. to explode. Yeah. So, but how cool! So you have—you're right. You, you have been a customer of the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, but I was just thinking, like, if you had a wedding or an event out here on the peninsula, just—it's just more profitable to be growing your own flowers. Even That's though there's, the plan. A, there's amazing resources there, it's just logistically a little bit of a limit. Right. So we will, um, I also have, so this is the picture on the, the right is me in our, on our land. But then this year I was approached by a, a local man <clears throat> who wants to, um, he has seven acres. So this is Gray Wolf View Farm because from his property you can see Gray Wolf Ridge. Mm. Um, so this is... I don't even know how big it is. Actually, I've forgotten. It's probably 3,000 square feet. Okay, it's and we're going to show these photos on the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So It's just, it's a beautiful, flat piece of farmland. Right. Okay. So he has seven acres, and we are going to be growing um, indefinitely there together. He wants to me to do the hard work and to... Um, the plan is that he has a daughter who's a naturopath mm-hmm. and he wants to learn how to farm for her but she's not ready to move here mm-hmm. so ultimately mm-hmm. he wants to know how to grow flowers for her. he's a vegetable grower right he's an engineer but he grows lots of vegetables mm-hmm. he's just one of those people that does lots of figures things. it out yeah. yeah but he has a tractor and he's about a half a mile from our house and a tractor is something you'd never buy in, in never. A de- you know many years and you have you have infrastructure at at Gray Wolf view. view. Yeah. Right. And he has um, rototillers that we can borrow. And so it's an interesting partnership that we're really excited about. And uh-huh. um, Is it like a, do you think you're going to form a business entity or it'll be more informal? Right now it's informal. Um, we are, we haven't, we're just. You're going to see where it goes. We're just going to see where it goes. But uh-huh. this year we were on that property. We'll be growing, um, Rudbeckia, forget me not, sunflowers, yarrow, eucalyptus. Wow, that's and great. And we'll probably in the fall put in tulips and peonies. Mm. So that's cool. So that that changes what I was going to make a comment on, which is, oh well, I can see why you're putting the more permanent perennial crops on land you own, and then you're doing more annualized crops on this land that's sort of uh, more co-op based where you you just have permission to grow. But it sounds like with the tulip bulbs, you can treat those like annuals, but peonies are an investment. So he's financially invested in helping you source some of that material. He is. Yes. That's awesome. He he knows that um, he sees the value in it and he ultimately wants to, to do some of that farming for his daughter. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it sounds like there's plenty of land for her too. It's not like 
Seven acres. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're not going to hit the perimeter very fast. No, we're not. But so that's awesome. I'm so excited for you on that. We jokingly say he's like the squim dad. The squim he's dad. He's like the squim farm dad. Yeah. Because he has, he just has, understands how to do all the things. That's that, awesome. And Sean is, he's my builder and he can do all the things that build the paths and the fence and the irrigation and stuff that I stro- I can do it but I'm like I'm only five feet tall I right, can't chop right. wood and like right you're in good shape but you're not like uh, a, you can't just wield a, an axe and... no so um, I'm just sitting here thinking about having this peninsula taproom connection do you think you'll ever grow hops and do you think Sean will ever do his own his own brewing or is that like crazy I don't know we had a, a teepee covered in hops in Portland it was um just a scarlet runner bean mm-hmm. hop teepee mm-hmm. crazy Structure. Uh-huh. thing in our backyard that uh, was beautiful. I do like to use hops in yeah. design work. It seems like it would be fitting here. Mm-hmm. So that's to, to come, I'm sure, if you've already grown it, you know. I don't know if it gets hot enough here. Oh. I think they like hot, hot. Like, they love the the desert. Right. They're in Yakima and Bend. Right. And, and we've really got, well you're kind of, you've got more more the ocean. Time. Yeah, ocean influences. I think it's exciting, the life you have created for yourself, um, having land to farm on, your own land, and now this extra acreage, and having this place, this retail, beautiful retail place and to gather people for workshops, to consult with brides, to sell flowers. It's like a dream to balance all of these. You truly are the farmer florist. How are you going to do this all? You're one person. <laughs> I know. I have a lot of energy. I'm a little bit crazy. Um, I, my plan is to is to figure it out. I yeah. was trying to. I was talking to Diane from Jello Mold about this um, fairy piece uh, last recently, week, uh-huh. recently, and just asking for her advice and kind of what would you have told yourself five years ago? What kind of advice would you have given yourself um, if it was five years ago? And and. Um, she said to she said a lot of great things, but really um, being true to like figuring out your version of it, mm-hmm. and that we're all so different, and every farm is different, and every family is different, and every um, brand is different, mm-hmm. and that gave me a, some confidence to to know like oh, okay, you know, I can do this slowly um, and do it the Kamama Flowers way, which right. is unique to you. Right, yeah. and, to, and unique to my brand and have, you know, I don't have to have, um, I can grow, I can try to grow what I want, you know, and this will figure it out in this climate. Um, but it will have, you know, hopefully it will have, um, will also have help yeah. through this internship program that I'm creating with the tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in... Squim, which is um, the Native American tribe that's here, is the Jamestown Sklalem tribe. And okay. this tribe does not have a large like, land-based reservation. They're all over this area that we're in. Okay. Um, so, so they don't know, have like a, 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 a central um, tribal land? They do. It's small. Oh, okay. You drove past it. Okay. But yeah. it's not like like the Warm Springs tribe in Oregon... Um, has 
hundreds of thousands of acres. Okay. Like it's not a, a defined reservation. I see. Um, okay. So, so, so I um, part of the the other work that I do as a graphic designer um, is um, my day job, if you will, the, my seasonal job <laughs> um, is to do small business development with tribes. So when we moved here, I connected with the economic development coordinator at the Jamestown Scollum tribe to help me figure out this aspect of the farm, which is um, called Kamama Girls. And we will um, be just kind of figuring it out this year, but it's part summer camp, part farming, part, part voc ed program. So it's um, kind of like a pilot you're going to try this year. I'm going to try it this year. Yeah. So I'll have one intern to help me this year, all summer. Like a teenage girl? <laughs> a teenage girl. Wow. And uh, so that's... Oh, you're going to teach all kinds of job skills. That's right. And it give true employer experience to a, a young person who mm-hmm. maybe would otherwise be working in a fast food restaurant, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so the tribe has this great program where they actually pay the, the teenager... Um, they have to be a tribal citizen, mm-hmm. um, and we'll go through an interview process with this young woman, and she, I, I'm just not telling her, I kind of know who she is, but she doesn't know that I know her. And school's not out yet. And school's so not out It hasn't yet. started yet, yeah. Right, so it'll start in the summer, and um, she'll come over and help me plant and harvest and dig and arrange, and maybe she'll go to the Lake Crescent Lodge and set up for a wedding, and she'll do... She'll shadow you. She'll then. do all the stuff. Wow. She'll, and it will be fun. Wow. And and the, the, I mean, not to be completely crass about it, but it's financially viable for you to do this because you you probably don't have a lot of extra cash flow for, for to pay for labor. No. When I was um, typically in in Portland, I would hire a freelancer. Mm-hmm. I had a, my favorite freelancer, Collier is her name, if she's listening to this. Woo-woo. Um, she move up here <laughs> yeah um, she was great she helped me last summer in all my weddings and but things like that you can kind of like pass through that cost to the client I mean you bill that into the right, cost of a wedding but right? I, you can't do that when you're just starting up a farm right there's no client right you know, you're the client I'm the client <laughs> yeah. that's right the tap room is the client the tap room is How the neat. client so so yeah it's a, it's a way also to um, I thought of uh, Leslie Bennett mm-hmm. was talking about the kind of giving aspect mm-hmm. of the Slow Flower Summit mm-hmm. last year, and I, I I talked to her afterwards about like I had this kernel of an idea about a, um, this program, and and I, I said you know thank you for sharing your your message, and um, it's just really important to me that I, I'm not just um, making money and growing flowers that I do also make an impact not just about me but you know about longevity and the creating community, community yeah. and paying it um, forward well, we don't have kids you know so it's a way to kind of mentor a young person mm-hmm. and I think it's fabulous Thanks. I think it's so great and I can just I'm excited to I, I think you're smart to start with one intern and then maybe that maybe that student comes back next year and is kind of like your junior supervisor, and you have a few others, and it could become. Twenty nineteen, we'll have summer flower camp. Oh my gosh! Wouldn't it be fun? Yes, <laughs> yes. I think it would be so much fun. I think there's so many life skills to learning how to grow flowers and how to live with flowers. I I'm excited about that. And just think when you were 
Benjamin's pre-K teacher, your teaching skills were honed. That's right. I know. And now you're just teaching the older version of those pre-K kids. That's right. Not to try, not to you know throw shade on the teenagers, but um, there's there are some similarities. Yeah, they the, the, they haven't figured out. I mean, um, well, I'm sure there will be bumps in the road, but like they don't send two teens together. They'll mm. only send them solo because mm. you know two teenagers like they're not going to do any work. Oh, together. I see. So that's part of part of the tribe's uh, policy anyway. Yeah. That's, oh, that's cool. Right. That's very cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, and then, uh, how are you uh, getting the word out now that you're, you know, here? We've only been here for a year. You're, well, not even a year. Okay. Yeah. So we spent. Uh, we really spent. We got here last July, and um, when did the tap room open? The tap room opened October first. Okay. And we were hot and heavy, really, on the tap room because the tap room has to be here for us to be here. Right. Um, and this is the farm is secondary. Yeah, this is your primary business. Yeah, right. And um, so we worked on that, and now we're starting to work on the farm. So um, Sean so cool. isn't working seven days a week anymore. He's at home with me, and he can do things like build the deer fence. Mm. You know. So we're uh, we're getting the word out just by um, through social media and doing workshops and trying to. Um, uh, just get in front of people yeah. in this community. Yeah. Well, you you have just announced your CSA for this season. Mm-hmm. You have this flower bar kind of self-service shop. How does that work? Yeah. So the, the self-service shop um, is something that we're trying out. There's um, orchids and air plants for sale and some succulents. And then there's some jars of... Um, single stems that we can assemble bouquets um, and then there's usually some small jarred bouquets that folks can buy and if I'm here I can sell something to them or talk to them about flowers but or even like let them pick the stems they want and, and kind of make it into a more designed bouquet yeah, yeah. so I'll just I will sit at this table and like say oh do you have questions and they're usually in here to to drink a beer or have a soda or something and and they're a little bit like huh you know they don't understand why are you what are you, what are you talking about why is there a flower bar that's when what you, is that that's when you give your little sermon <laughs> right that's when i i clear my throat and i say don't buy supermarket flowers let's support our local network and um no i don't say that these flowers I just, were grown locally right here and in my, I, I, you do tell them that you're growing a lot of them, too. I do, Yeah. yes. And I say, if I don't grow them, I'm connected to a really great network of awesome family farmers mm-hmm. in the Pacific Northwest. And if we're, you know, the furthest I'll buy product from to this date is, um, you know, Alaskan peonies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I, I do try really hard um, to do that. That's, of course, being a Slow Flowers member is... Um, you know how we found each other. So. Yeah, yeah. So this so we're not sure about the flower bar yet, but we're we're trying this self service model out. And um, I, you know, if it's uh, it, it, we'll just have to see yeah. kind of how it supplements the workshops and the. Ultimately, we want to do dinners on the farm and flower yoga and kind of have different 
channels of, of wealth coming through the flower business there's too. Just, which, yeah, mm-hmm. there's just such great affinity with um, beer and flowers. You said that you're going to have beer yoga, and then you jokingly told me, and then we're going to do fl- flower yoga. So <laughs> why not do all of it together, right? Why not, right? I mean, I say when when people walk in there in here and they say, "What's a flower bar?" I I say, "Well, it's flowers and beer. It's just two things that make people happy." So, yeah, and they go, "Oh." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you have this space is so perfect for uh, like multi purposes. Like you said, you know, a, a group of you know a group of patrons of the tap room can book it for a private gathering. But in since the tap room doesn't open till two, you can have workshops Saturday and Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And you you just had one and it sounded fabulous. So describe how you did that. Yeah, so we did the first workshop about two weeks ago, and we just sold tickets online and through Instagram and through um, one customer, actually two bar customers bought tickets. Because um, they were in here and they saw the sign or something like that. Yeah, That's right. They, um, I don't even think I had a poster up, but they saw it on Instagram and they were customers. Oh. And um, the we had girls' flowers and bubbles, and it was uh, mimosas, and we made posies. And uh, I just did a little demo and talked to them about uh, floriography, a little bit of like, what does this flower mean, and what yeah. does this flower mean, and How if you're you? into that, you know, it's different culturally. And I made them a little flyer, and um, they hung out for a few hours and ate some snacks and drank mimosas and took their flowers home you um you mentioned a really interesting comment that one of your uh students said about this sort of sip and paint comparison i thought that was brilliant so i this gal who was in the workshop said to me you know i love this paint and sip party and um, I, I do them regularly, which I've never done it, but I understand you sit somewhere and you do a painting and you have a, a painter kind of coaching you through yeah. the steps. Yeah, and, my nieces uh, and their mom have done it, and, and they're, they all basically end up with the identical painting. Right, that's it's, right. It's, it's kind weird. Of templated, yeah. Right. Um, it's like middle school art class. Right. And um, you, what her point was, um, she said, I have so many paintings because I really love this, but this gives me the same feeling, but I get flowers and I don't have to put flowers on my wall. Right. And I, I take them like, home and enjoy them. This is incredible. This right. You're is like, aha, my aha moment for the day. Would you like, like to come every week and do this? <laughs> How often could you come and do this? Is it once a month enough? Well, I think I've seen some people do some really cool kind of series of design workshops for repeat repeat customers that are built around whatever's in season. So, you know, you could do the tulip design class or the peony design class or the, you know, the summer sunflower class. I, I feel like that customer would be hungry for that uh, chance to experience different flowers. Um, yes. So it's... And, and, what was your goal for that? Just to introduce the idea of having a flower workshop in here, or I mean, you priced it very competitively, so you might need to you might need to rethink that. Yeah. I want you to. Okay, I'll rethink it. <laughs> no, I well, it's a struggle for me to um, to attend these these workshops are so expensive as a as a florist. Right. You know, the I think if you're we don't have to get into that, yeah. but, you know, well, a thousand dollar workshop is right. not accessible to everyone. Right. So I wanted to, we're in a small town. 
I don't know what the community wants. So I wanted to do something um, that, I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I basically covered my materials. Yeah. And I don't, I, I do have to pay rent here, but I don't have to pay a lot of rent. So it and was... And then you sent, sent some very happy people out into the world with talking about Kamama and the flower bar. Right. So hopefully they'll, they um, actually, on that day, there was a mother-daughter here and we said, uh, do you you should come to Mother's Day workshop. It's on Mother's Day. It's twi- costs twice as much. Well, it only costs, it costs like one and a half times uh-huh. as much. Um, but it's a succulent mm-hmm. planter mm-hmm. workshop. So we'll last a little bit longer, different materials, you know, they're right. going away with something, but it, it, they a little can, bit longer lasting. Right. You're doing that on Sunday on Mother's Sunday, May 13th. 13th. Okay, cool. In the morning? In the morning before the bar opens. That's awesome. So, um, you have people signing up for that? I do. I have, because uh, you only want about 10 people in the class, right? Space wise. Yeah, with the, this table is big enough for folks to spread out a small little bit. projects, maybe yeah. five. Yeah. I mean, maybe eight big mm-hmm. projects, maybe five. Yeah. It depends on how much material mm-hmm. they have. But oh, cool. if the bar isn't open, we can spread out. Yeah, you know, they can. We have these little tables, and um, people can move around. But it's, they wanted to be all close to each other yeah. during the flower workshop and chat they, with they, each they other. Were just hanging out at the table, and uh, that was smart to have the next workshop ready to announce. You know, at that current. So at you know, when before they leave, you're telling them about the next one. That's cool. Yeah, I don't think that was planned, <laughs> <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> That's cool. Well, this is going to run before Mother's Day, so we'll put the graphics up. And that's a nice thing about your talent, your other set of talents, is you always have beautiful graphics. Thank you. And your Instagram feed is just like, it pops because you share information and you do it. I don't know. It's hard to share information, a lot of information in a few words, but you're you're doing that with your workshop promotions. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's but we're, I guess you're part of your brand it is part of the brand yes and I'm I'm a small business coach in the marketing and design field so you know it's like I'm always aware of like okay what is what's on brand what's happening here and um so so yeah that's That's cool well um I am so glad we finally got together to do this April me too I love what you're doing flowers and and beer yeah hashtag flowers and beer absolutely (laughs) I think you can it can be trending um I love that you um you have some other pictures you were going to show me of flowers in beer bottles or something like that are you thinking about doing that so I will, uh, my bottle cutter is um, coming. I, one of the things to be on trend with your, your prediction for this year of custom containers. Right. The idea I came up with is to, we're going to save, I've started saving the large wine and beer bottles from the bar to have a, our custom container. I'll cut them off. And right. You've seen this like vase that yeah. looks like these. Yeah, you can buy some kind of tool that cuts the bottle in yeah. half. Okay, and then you can put flowers in them. I love that. So those will be like our to go. The the so we don't have to use the mason jars to death. And they're recycled. And they're upcycled. Yeah, and oh, they're upcycled. Custom. Yeah. They're, so they're they're appropriate for this brand of yeah of what we're doing here together. Right. 
So would Sean let you ever cut this Cool Peninsula tap room bottle? Oh, this, this, this growler? <laughs> That's a made in America, very expensive. Uh, the growlers device. are recyclable. People bring them back, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, if, if, if something ever... We're all about made in America. I love this. I mean, that... It, it's too bad this, this bottle company can't make you a vase. But it not, would be a really nice vase. I can see it. Yeah. yeah. We could just cut the, the neck off. Yeah. It's a great, because it, it says 12, no, 32 fluid ounces. Maybe but I'll just buy a half a dozen of them from him. And yeah. And then I'll cut them off and yeah. he won't know. He'll well, be like, hey, where'd you get those? <laughs> when you do that cutter thing, um, you have to bevel it, the edge or something like that? You to, have to sand it. Okay. It's a whole process. And yeah. it's just another project that another, I don't have time for. Maybe your Kamama girl can do some of that for you. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I love that idea. That's so great. I just, I knew you had some photos to share with me. So I was like, ooh, I want to talk about this before we go. So yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, I just cool. wanted to to touch on that because we try to be as no waste no paper you know I mean yeah try, we're all trying we're trying as a business to businesses really shrink trying. your footprint yeah and yeah we're all looking for the next mason jar we have been for for many years so you know I don't I still get wedding clients pretty much annually who say well, what about mason jars I'm like fine yep. you know, I don't I, I don't care because at the, the level of wedding that I'm doing, boutique, small, personals, know, personal, yeah. 100, 150 people, they're usually farm weddings, they're outside. The aesthetic is fine, and if the customer doesn't care, I'm, I mean, I'm tired of them, but they're they're easy to find. Yeah. They're, they are convenient. They have to come in their own little box, you know? Yeah. I love them. I mean, I'm... I'm they do come in other colors yeah. if you're so inclined. I'm thinking about doing them for, um, you know... To down the center of an aisle for a farm wedding that I'm helping a friend with to have them hang over, you know, with twine over the edge of the mm-hmm. chair because um, we need to do 20 of them and she doesn't have much of a budget. So it seems like a kind of a nice, casual, but farmy, elegant yeah, alternative. Yeah, it's fine. But maybe, um, you know, you could, if you could figure out how to cut a hole in this, this growler and leave this wonderful handle on, <laughs> that would be another. Oh boy. I know, I'm challenging you. And I know that I'm going in the wrong direction. Your brain is always thinking. No, no, no. We'll show a picture of it. Uh, We have, I've taken some photos and I want to get some more photos of of your work and your beautiful land that you're farming on. And I just congratulate you. Thank you so much. So much. I'm so happy for you. I can't believe we're going to be on the Slow Flowers podcast. Yes, you are. And I'm so happy that people will get to meet April. And honestly, this is a vacation spot. So if you're coming to Squim, you have to come to the Peninsula Tap Room and the Flower Bar and uh, get and some local. Fill up your growlers before you go camping, and maybe get yourself a bouquet. And while you're there, you can we can talk to you about coming back to the farm for yoga. <laughs> so when your camping trip is over, you can come and do yoga and have a farm dinner. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's of a piece. It all belongs together. So that's great. Thanks so much, April. Thanks, Deborah. so much for joining me today and hearing April's story of a new chapter that incorporates flower farming, floral design, and retail flowers. It's a vertical floral business model that is proving to be more relevant than ever before. And I'm so happy to tell you that the Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 312,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for downloading, listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. 
As the Slow Flowers movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it, and I value your support. And I invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button at deborahprincing.com in the right column. Thank you to our sponsors who have supported Slow Flowers and all of our programs, including this podcast, American Flowers Week, the slowflowers.com online channel to American Grown Flowers, as well as our new channels, Slow Flowers Journal and the 2018 Slow Flowers Summit. They are Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of passionate family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing bigger, better peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family-owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at Mayesh.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Mm-hmm.